dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to episode nine of the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Eating some ice cream right now. And, mm, uh, you know, just delicious. loving life. Loving life. <laughs> I think that that might be the first time you said pretty good. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Normally, it's oh. some version of terrible. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's something approaching on the horizon. Something next Sunday to next Wednesday that I'm pretty yeah. excited about. I get to see you in person for the first time in what feels like decades. And probably the last time. <laughs> how, how could you say something like Before that? Before the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, true. That's very accurate. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Florida literally coming apart at the seams. It's yeah, an apocalyptic okay. wasteland down here. Don't Don't come down here. Hey, anybody who's listening who's not in Florida... Don't come here. Just don't do it. I wouldn't do it. It's a beautiful place. It's fun to vacation here. But maybe skip Florida this year. Just not not doing spectacularly. Casey is. I, I want you all to know that Casey is just absolutely trying to pound this ice cream right now. <laughs> to get prepared for this. The problem I'm facing right now is that it's like right at the top. Uh, so I want to get to a manageable level so it doesn't like come over, like overspill, you know? Hey. It's like, it's like I um, I, I, I'm sorry, I paused there. That, that wasn't, I wasn't pausing at my verbiage. I was pausing at me lifting the ice cream to show Baxter that it's over the cup line to that. And like, I'm worried that it's going to spill over. You want to shout out, you want to shout out this ice cream place? Give them some free pub to our five listeners. You don't even know where you got it from. It's uh, a... I was wondering if they had it on their the front of their. What is this ice cream roulette? You just. I got it. BZ Gelati. Okay. Is it yeah. delicious and nutritious? Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> um, my beautiful wife also loves ice cream, so I'm sure she will be excited to eat some ice cream with you when you come visit this next week. Oh, okay. Good. All, always soft serve though. So I don't know. I don't know about the gelato. She's she's a big soft serve fan. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I mean, she, this, this this is softer. This isn't like your, you know. I would say this is. I mean, Italian. It's Italian ice mixed with like, mm-hmm. like a soft serve type of thing. So nice, nice, nice. I like those, like a custard. Sure. Yeah. Mm, delicious. All right, Casey. Um, so. Today, everybody, it's everybody's favorite. We're getting back into those uh, roster resets. Um, we're going to start with our first AFC division. We're going to do the AFC North, which um, would be the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals. And also, programming note, maybe more exciting than the fact that we're doing getting back into our roster reset series. Um, this will be the final time we do it once every two weeks. From here on out, we will be dropping an episode Every single week. Casey, if you could put uh, uh, an applause uh, track in here, that'd be great. I will not do that. But what I will do is ask you, um, are you sure? Like, we only need to do three more before the start of the season. Well, we had 
some other plans. And we had talked about starting in August, it being every week. Because we had a couple of other things we wanted so to I, do. I have to, I have to drive my happy ass home. Okay, so Wednesday. maybe maybe next episode, maybe there will be two weeks, and then that episode will be the beginning of one. Yeah, because we could we could do August 11th, August 18th, August 25th for the divisional resets, and then we have September 1st, and then September 8th. The start of the season September 9th, but September 1st we can do whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and release it on Friday or Saturday. Well, we did want to do one that was se- the roster reset that's separate. That it would be just the Jags and Dolphins. And Dolphins. Mark? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No, we're just doing it's. This is now Jags just a Jaguars podcast. What a bigger drag! Um, yeah. So, uh, no, I think uh, that's fine. We can do that. The first and the eighth can just kind of be a preview of the first week because it will be. Um, we'll miss the Thursday night game, but we'll we'll still have mm. we'll be releasing before Sunday. Okay, so we you know we have the time we have time to do a bunch of stuff, even if skipping next week. So sorry to ruin your <laughs> announcement there. No applause. programming I'm, note. I'm, we're I'm gonna keep doing it. Applause track. Pro- programming note. We're gonna we're gonna do it twice a week this week, next week, and then after that we'll be doing it once a week from here on out. All right, Casey. Um, we're about to dive into um another another thing we're gonna do our tna section here very excited beginning of training camp happened uh two days ago it's it's uh currently wednesday all the teams reported yesterday and i asked you a question about what um with training camp opening i want to do a quick look at our team's um training camp slash roster battles and what we're the most excited to see play out through camp and preseason. So Casey, what is the position battle you're the most interested in watching through Dolphins training camp? Yeah, so I was um, <clears throat> looking at this and I thought, and I told you maybe running back or tight end. Um, and then I looked closely at that and I said, that's actually not that interesting <laughs> because <laughs> Miles Gaston's going to start in like the, the, the amount of share of the share of touches that Malcolm Brown will have or um, Ahmed, you know, uh, it's, it'll work itself out over the year. I don't think it'll be mm-hmm. coming out of training camp. Malcolm Brown, I thought I had more carries when he was a Ram, but he did not have a lot of carries um, at all. So um, I don't know how much he's actually going to do. I thought he would be a little bit more. Prominent, and then um, for tight end, we, you know, it just really a matter of how much hunger Hunter Lawn's gonna kind of come in and take the share from, you know, Smythe and um, Jacecki and um, what's his face? <laughs> what's his face? Oh, what's his face? <laughs> the third guy that's a tight end on our roster. Who Let's knows? See. Who cares? it's very important because it's Adam Shaheen. Um, oh. And so, yeah, I know um, that guy. you know, really it's going to be Mike Jacecki starting and then some sort of combination of Smythe and Shaheen and long. Mm. Um, it's really just a matter of how good will long be out of the gate to where he can get more playing time. So um, I'm doing something that, you know, I'm definitely not going to hear from the Jags and I'm going to do a wide receiver. <laughs> mm. Wonderful. <laughs> Real original. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, um, I am going to do wide receivers after the first three. 
Nice. Also, real, 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 real. That's original. very funny. Yeah. Um, good thing you put me first, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh man. So, um, I am. So I just, you know, kind of quickly. Of course, the top three wide receivers going into the season, I don't think will be a surprise. I think it's going to be Parker, Fuller, and Waddle. Um, you know, those three will, um, in some shape or form, be our top three wide receivers. Um, Fuller obviously can't play week one because of suspension, but, um, you know, it, it, those will be our three going into the season. So then it's kind of looking at the players after that because we have a bunch um, a freaking ton of wide receivers um, on our roster right now. And, you know, there's only so many spots on average. How many um, spots? Yeah, most receivers? teams normally carry five to six. That's one that kind of oscillates a little bit, but it's most of the time it's five or six. Um, six, if you've got like a guy who's going to be like your special teams, like return guy, yeah. or if you're, carrying three tight ends and or two tight ends or whatever you might be able to get six but that's normally about max right so um and you know on that note there's a good chance waddle is our return man going into Mm. the season um and so that's really not too necessary um but um Basically, wide receiver, four, wide receiver four, I think, would be kind of between two guys, Preston Williams and Jakeem Grant. Um, however, I think that Grant at this point is pretty redundant with our wide receivers now. Mm-hmm. With Waddle and Fuller coming in and with Lynn Bowden on the bench, mm-hmm. it's it would be kind of a weird wide receiver setup to have so many quick guys and Devontae Parker. Um, yeah. And so I think Preston Williams is a better fit for kind of having an all-around wide receiving core, not just have the fastest wide receiving core ever. <laughs> um, so um, I, I think Preston Williams is just more likely and beneficial um, for us contract-wise as well. If we cut Grant, uh, that's a cap hit of five mil for each of the next three seasons. That can go away. Um and uh, we probably, you know, he, I think more he was more important to us in the return game and with Waddle now, not as necessary. Um, and so that's kind of wide receiver four. I think Jakeem Grant that gets the boot out of the roster because the rest of our wide receivers, we have Lynn Bowden, like I just mentioned, Isaiah Ford, Malcolm Perry, Albert Wilson, Mac Hollins, Robert Foster, and Alan Hearns. Um, Foster and Hearns. The great opted, Alan Hearns. Op, yeah, they both opted out of the season last year because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if either of them makes the roster, honestly, just because um, I think Lynn Bowden makes it as our fifth guy. And then um, Robert Foster didn't opt out. Albert Wilson opted out, my bad. Um, but speaking about Albert Wilson, another $5 million cap hit. Uh, so another guy that I could see us cutting. Um, and you know, we're talking about wide receiver six here. If we really wanted the six, mm-hmm. I think we would just based on this, this group is rel- relatively talented. Um, mm-hmm. so if Lynn is going to get our fifth, then you can look at either Isaiah Ford as a sixth or, um, maybe Robert Foster as a sixth, 
probably not Matt Collins, but I, I think that that's kind of what we would be looking at as uh, rounding out our core. But it's just kind of, I'm just, you know, Tua, you didn't really see him with Hearns or Wilson. So maybe something happens in training camp, something happens in the preseason where they develop something where they might want to keep them. Um, it's really a matter of, I don't know how Hearns and Wilson will come out of taking a year off along with, you know, that's kind of across the league. How will players be coming back after taking a whole year off? Um, so curious to see how that works out. Okay. Yeah. Um, not to belabor this point, I am going to ask you a question, so I'm going to let you eat your ice cream. Um, Xavier Howard asking for the trade. If he gets traded, does that heat up the cornerback battle, do you think? Or do you think it still would be pretty set? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, not really. And I mean, I don't, I'm not, I guess I'm not sure what the return would look like. But, mm-hmm. you know, we signed Jason McCourty um, mm-hmm. over the offseason. Um, of course, we still have Byron Jones. Right. Um, he would, he, you think he would just slide into one? Jason McCourty would slide into the two. Exactly. And then whoever you had as your slot have, guy would just stay as your slot guy. Yeah, or you know, we we still have so Eric Rowe was kind of our slot guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, he is a safety, um, but we also, of course, drafted Javon Holland, who would also be great there. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have Brandon Jones as well as a safety. So we we have guys that can kind of just um, okay. fill in that hole. Um, and there there are guys on our uh, roster as well. Uh, I mean, I'm looking right now at all the cornerbacks. Um, you know, there's there's eight guys here. Um, right. And so, and those guys would, of course, be like, we're talking, you know, CB3, CB4, yeah. and that type of thing. So it's not as important anyway. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's really, I think one and two would be preset. I think we would have Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, and Javon Holland on the field pretty much all the time. Um, and those would those would be kind of our five defensive backs in some combination. Okay. Uh, so it's not really that interesting, <laughs> if, right. Right. you know. Um, Xavier Howard really just limits McCourty's time, and I'm sure McCourty's going to have to split time. I mean, he's older now; he's probably going to have to split mm-hmm. time with um, some of these younger guys. But it's still not not too interesting. Sure. That makes sense. Um, so, as Casey said, a good thing he went first because for me, guess what. Jags, bottom part of the wide receiver depth chart, baby. Um, so one, two, and three are decided, just like Casey was saying with the Dolphins. Um, you got DJ Chark and Marvin Jones Jr. on the outside, and then you got LaVisca Chenault as your kind of Swiss Army guy. You can play um, slot, you can play outside, you can kind of play wherever. But from there, we have nine more wide receivers on the 90-man roster. Um with normally, you know, 53-man rosters carrying around five or six, which is what we already said. And then the Jags have one other person who's on the roster technically as wide receiver, and that's, again, going back to what we were talking about. Um, That's Jamal Agnew, who's pretty much slated as a return specialist. Um, So anyway, you slice it, the bottom um, two to three options are going to be up for grabs and there's not really anyone kind of like what you're talking about with the with the uh with the dolphins uh, a player like preston williams is not really on the jaguars roster um 
You've got Colin Johnson, who was a rookie last year, who showed a little bit. Um, Farrell Cooper came in from the Carolina Panthers, but he's mostly a return guy. Uh, and then they also picked up Laquan Treadwell, who was a first-round selection by the Vikings, who has been uh, not great. And then they got a couple of rookies that they drafted. So that that bottom two to three spots on, on the roster is essentially up for grabs for the Jags. Like any of those guys could end up with any of those spots. So it's really going to be based upon merit of what this brand new coaching staff sees in training camp and preseason. Um, what are your thoughts on who will follow Tebow as your second and third tight ends? What exactly is that going to look like? Oof. Well, Casey, we weren't going to talk about him. I think, I think honestly, he's probably still fifth. Like, I think opening day, if they run any kind of package that includes one tight end, it's going to be Chris Manhurts, their first free agent signing of, of the year, which is one of the things that people didn't really like. They kind of like went out of order with their free agent signings. They didn't go after a big name, but they got Chris Manhurts, who. Uh, PFF has as the best blocking tight end in the NFL over the last two years. Uh, but he also has like a total of like 10 catches and like four seasons. I would not expect a lot of pass catching productivity out of the tight end spot. They drafted uh, a Luke Farrell who um, is also kind of slated as a blocking guy. I think probably their, their highest most productive um, pass catcher in the tight end position is uh, James O'Shaughnessy. And that would be kind of the guy that I would look at for the tight ends for the pass catchers. But I, I'm interested to see what they do there because they do have a lot of guys. They have uh, six tight ends currently on the roster. Um, but that bottom couple of spots on, on the roster is interesting to me because they drafted three guys. They brought in three guys in free agency. So they at least have six other guys that are technically their guys, guys that would have been brought in by this regime. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with guys like Colin Johnson, who's a draft pick from the previous regime, who this one doesn't have any kind of loyalty towards. Yeah, that was just a um, me trying to mention Tebow. I just that was an ice cream that. ploy. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that was a ploy to eat more ice cream. Finish that, baby. No problem. Mm. Ready to move on. The other one I am excited for is the um, tackle battle. I do think that Walker Little, from everything that I've been hearing, um, has looked really good. Obviously, they haven't done any kind of blocking and pads and stuff like that. But he's healthy. He's been able to do all the conditioning stuff. There's nothing wrong with his knee. Um, their offensive lineman coach has stated that he's the furthest along of any first and second round tackle he's ever had. So that that one will be interesting. I just don't see him getting the start immediately, but probably somewhere in the middle of the season. 
We are two weeks and three days away from the first preseason game. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, other than other than the uh, for the Jags, for the Jags, first preseason yeah, game for the Jags. Yeah. Other than uh, the uh, Hall of Fame game, which is next Thursday? Question mark. Sure. I believe so. I believe it's it's the next week. week. It could be Saturday. Could be Friday. Who knows? There's literally no way to find out. Yeah, but it's uh, rapidly approaching. Rapidly approaching. August 5th, which would be Thursday. Hey, man. Next Thursday. Crazy Pittsburgh stuff. Pittsburgh Steelers, Dallas Cowboys. That's all we're going to mention probably about the uh, Hall of Fame game. When does uh, Hard Knocks start airing? Hmm? When is Hard, when's Hard Knocks first episode? I, it's normally around then. I'm not 100% sure when the first episode will release. I don't know how On much. 10th, I believe. If this is a correct, yeah, that probably sounds right. Article, which I'm hoping doesn't play this video, that's going to be super loud. Yeah, August 10th. <laughs> okay. I mean, we'll probably talk a little hard knocks. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, so we'll probably get into it a little bit. I'm a little disappointed that it's the uh, Cowboys, but maybe we'll talk about that at a different time because we're yeah. I mean, the, the the first episode will have aired before we record our next mm-hmm. podcast, so we can Great probably stuff. talk about it. On the next step. All right, Casey. Who are you? (laughs) Let's get into this hot, hot roster reset for the AFC North. Yes, sir. So, a little background. 2020 final standings. Steelers, 12-4. and But I would like to mention that they limped to that 12-4 and after getting off to a hot start. The worst 12-4 team I've ever seen. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Ravens and Browns, both 11 and 5. Bengals, 4, 11 and 1. Their 2020 common opponents are AFC West and NFC North. Casey, the team that, team that won the division, the Steelers at 12 and 4. You, sir, have the floor. Don't we typically go worse to first? No, that's incorrect. Maybe, maybe you're right. I'm definitely right. Listen, we, I, I put this rundown together in a hurry. You're probably <laughs> right. I don't know what I was doing. We'll get uh, the fact checker out there. I was out of town. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so the Steelers, um, they ranked 13th overall. This is PFF ranks. Uh, 29th on offense, which shocked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bad. Um, second, on defense, did not shock me. And then 16th on special teams. Their key additions are uh, an all-new offensive line. Um, Kevin Dotson. I'm right. I'm reading your notes. This is me mm-hmm. confusing. I'm reading it for the first time because you just put it in nice, last nice, night nice. after I did my thing. Um, Kevin Dotson is the only one worth mentioning of that offensive line uh, because he is ranked uh relatively high compared to the others which i'll we're gonna i'm gonna get into real quick (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then um going back to my notes because i clicked off it also drafted nashi harris in the first round pat framuth in the second and they added dwayne haskins as a backup qb and melvin ingram the old melvin ingram um Key subtractions, entire offensive line. Vance McDonald and Bud Dupree. Um, so, 
I think that uh, we need to start off with everyone's favorite game. Um, what was Bed Big 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 Ben ranked last year? Twenty seventh. What did you say? Twenty seventh. He was twenty fifth. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was he was he was a uh, straight straight trash. It's out of thirty eight quarterbacks mm-hmm. ranked by PFF based on playing time. Um. <clears throat> Their offensive line, uh, they, you know, lost all of them, <laughs> most of them. Um, it, it's pretty bad. And then it's literally all of them. It was all five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Pouncey retired at center. Mm-hmm. Um, and who they brought in to replace them? I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some some ranks. Okay, we yeah. don't even have to play a game here. The tackles were ranked seventieth. And 75th. The guard. Out of 80. Correct. 70th, 75th. Out of 80. <laughs> the the guards are ranked 28th, who is Dotson, previously mentioned, and 79th out of 80. <laughs> um, the center is going to be a guy that didn't have enough playing time to get a rank last year. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's quite dismal mm-hmm. in terms of the guys that they're going to, you know, and we we talked about how quickly at one point we talked about how Big Ben had a quickly released ball. He had the fastest release time for a quarterback in the NFL, and that's mostly because he didn't have a lot of time because of the offensive mm-hmm. line last year. However, the offensive line last year was better <laughs> than this group that they brought in right. this year, and. On top of that, the offensive line knew each other. You know, I think one important fact about offensive lines is that playing together makes them better. Mm-hmm. And these guys are a bunch of guys that have not played with each other before. Um, and you, and you know, we weren't sure if um, Alejandro, no, Alejandro, Andrew, yeah, Alejandro Villanueva, Alejandro Villanueva. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought I was Andrew for a second. Um, <clears throat> Villanueva was um, going to be, it should be an off the tackle next year. Um, we were talking about how I thought that he should be a left tackle. And based on who they brought in, he should have been the left tackle of the Steelers because yeah. um, it's, it's not great. And it's, um, you know, it, <sighs> Big Ben is getting older and those hits are going to hurt more. And he was already terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's scary for all parties involved. And so my question to you is, do, well, first of all, do you think this is big Ben's last year? Yes. And then if it is, what is the future of this team? And do they, do they really have a chance this year just because of the defense being so good? Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to say, I, obviously, because their defense is so good, they're going to keep them in all of the games that they're playing in. So I, it's kind of like they've at least got a 50-50 shot of winning every single game, unlike some of the other teams who just don't have an elite unit. Um, defense is one of those things that is a little volatile. You can ask the 2017 Jags. Um, a team, a team that gets home a lot, gets a whole bunch of sacks. Like TJ Watt had a had a career year last year that generally regresses back to the mean. You're not going to 
see the same production out of a player, even though he might be just as good. He might have more pressures than he had last year and just have less sacks. It's it's one of those things where it's defense is kind of the more volatile side of the ball where you might see a team and be first in the league and then the next year be middle of the pack and not change anybody. But the Steelers defense is always pretty good. It's always pretty consistent. Um, so I would say that that's going to at least keep them in every game. And then it just kind of, it it's so uncertain. This is a team that's so up in the air. And kind of like some of the other teams that we've talked about where it's like the range of outcomes is so vast. I, I, I still think Ben is a capable quarterback insofar as he can diagnose a defense and know where he should go with the ball. Uh, and probably continues to have those quick, short passes to this team. I did put Dwayne Haskins in the key additions because of what you said and how often Ben gets hurt. It's pretty likely that we're going to see a backup quarterback at some point in time this year for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I um, Yes, he can you know, he has a lot of experience now, so he can read mm-hmm. defenses and things like that, but he literally won't have time to read the defense. Sure. Um, you know, the play can't develop, you know, it's really just going to be, um, it's all pre-snap is kind of what I meant. Like he, he'll at least be able to see, Hey, this safety, these two safeties are here. So this, these are the six plays that this team normally runs out of that defense. And I know my hot route. Yeah. I mean, that was probably happening last year, right? Right. And so, um, and that's why he was like, well, um, I'm, it looks like it's another play where I'm going to have three seconds. So I'll have to fire mm. this ball about two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, and that's kind of like the last pot I was saying, that's why I'm concerned about Najee Harris. You know, yes, he's a better back, but I mean, this offensive line is so bad. Um, it, it's concerning. And I, I see them, um, you know, having problems of being ahead because they're just not going to score a lot of points. Yeah, um, and and I that's the reason why I felt opposite of Najee Harris because I feel like he's gonna catch like at least sixty balls from Ben because all he's gonna be able to do is just dump it off to his running back in the flat as fast as possible because that's gonna be the fastest developing route. Yeah, maybe I I, I do think these wide receivers are a good bunch to have that mm-hmm. make contested catches, so that is something going for them. Sure. Um, and so you know and. Najee Harris is new, um, doesn't have that experience with the big men. They're bringing back the same wide receiving course, so they're going to have that experience with Ben. So, um, you know, it it worked to a degree last year. I mean, they started off 10-0, and that wasn't mm-hmm. – all those games weren't pur- purely defense. I just think that the problem is that it was a lot of luck and um, and circumstances and things like that, and it's just not going to be repeated. And plus, I, I just think that the offense is going to be worse this year. So I think all the and the defense, honestly, losing Bud Dupree is a big loss. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think that um, there's going to be regressions on both sides and it's going to lead to a worse season. So Mike Tomlin's never gone below eight and eight. So what what do you realistically see as a as an option for them? Do you do you think that this could be the first season that he has a losing record as a head coach? I see them winning seven or eight games. Okay. So Another problem be, that I they mean... face is that they play the Browns and Ravens twice, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which, you know, both teams... Miles Garrett's a tough beat. 
<clears throat> yeah, and um, and you know, both teams are the same, or if not better than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they also play the AFC West, which is a tough division. They play the NFC North, which has a few teams that can beat them. So I think that that does not go well in their favor. They're not going to catch any breaks mm-hmm. or any. There's not many easy games in their schedule. I mean, even the Bengals could beat them. Um, sure. Joe Burrow has another year now. He could play better against that defense. I think that was part of it. And it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I, I just, I think 12 and four was pretty crazy mm-hmm. uh, for their performance last year. And then the other team is that they're playing with common opponents, AFC West. So that's Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. So at least two of those games, I'd probably put them as the underdog against the Chiefs and the Chargers. And I think they're random NFC games, the Seahawks, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't. I would have to look, but yeah, that probably sounds right. And then uh, NFC North, we just found out there. Rodgers is coming back. So Packers is probably a tough beat. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, they finished first. So that means they'll play the Bills. That means they'll mm-hmm. play the Titans. Right. So it's tough. It's, it's yeah. tough. Schedule, it's gonna be man. it's gonna be a tough season for sure. Um yeah, and kind of like what you're saying, like if they win seven or eight games, like and this is Ben's last season, what like they're just going to be put into a position where they're probably not going to be able to draft a quarterback. I don't see any of those quarterbacks being the quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Big Ben playing after the season. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I liked Mason Rudolph. This is maybe one of the one maybe one of my worst um evaluations of a quarterback coming out of college. I really liked Mason Rudolph, but everything he's shown me in the pros shows me that he can't he can't play a professional he quarterback. Can swing a helmet like no other. And Dwayne Haskins getting one of his teeth knocked out by uh his girlfriend slash wife, whatever it was, is is not a good look for an NFL quarterback. But um yeah, so I, I don't know the plan of the future and you know mm-hmm. a lot of these um you know TJ Watt's gonna come up to um, needing a contract, right? Yep. And um, these wide receivers, uh, you know, Claypool, he'll have to come up needing a contract. And you don't have the quarterback. So you're just kind of like in this middle ground of uh, what are you going to do after this season? Even, I mean, and I just don't think the season's going to be that successful that they can't even plan for the future of this coming draft, you know? Yep. All right. You ready to move on? Yes. All right. Let's move on to the Ravens. Um, their 2020 ranks overall 14th, offense 16th, defense 13th, special teams 10th. Uh, the key additions Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman in the first, Tylen Wallace, who, who was a guy who was on uh, a li- the, my list of my guys, um, was a article that I wrote about uh, my favorite players coming out of the draft that weren't higher round guys, as he was a fourth rounder. Kevin Zeitler, the aforementioned Alejandro Villanueva, Odafe Owe, who was formerly Jason Owe before the draft in the second round. Their key subtractions is Orlando Brown and Matthew Judon. Casey, I ask you, since 2018, the Ravens are 1-11 when trailing at halftime. They are the only team up until this last season who had not won a single game in that time span. Are the Ravens built in such a manner that they can only dominate in the regular season, but when they come up against better teams in the playoffs, they're doomed to failure. 
Um, I guess those are two separate questions or two separate. I, I, two separate I, what, the issue I see, um, which is your point, the first point, right? Okay, let, let me let me split this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My thoughts process now. Um, I really should look at these questions. You tied these questions out. I can look at I them do. beforehand, but I do not. Look and at you them. just, I just have to freestyle with yours. <laughs> it's a mystery every time. Well, I'm freestyling with yours because I, 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 uh, I don't. I have to um, assess what you're saying here um, mm-hmm. live, you know. Uh, but they're trailing at halftime and they're one and 11 when trailing at halftime. Correct. And I see that as a problem because Lamar Jackson does not know how to pass a football. Sure. <laughs> so, so yeah, I can, that makes sense, right? They have such a good record mm-hmm. in other games. If you take out that one and 11, when they're trailing, that means that they're mm-hmm. great when ahead. And that's because they can run the football incredibly because they have a quarterback that can run the football incredibly. And their running backs have been consistently good no matter who they throw back there. And they're produ- they're getting great season out of these, out of these different guys. Um, and so, yeah, it's a problem. And I think, so I think the main problem there is when you're, they're trailing, what do you do? And I think part of it is the receivers Lamar has had have not been good. The only guy that's been really good is Mark Andrews. Um, as a tight end, I'm hoping that this year is better with who they added. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this is probably the best group he's had um, in, in his, you know, three full years there um, as starter. Uh, so we'll see how Watkins and Bateman and Wallace. I mean, those are those are some good additions mm-hmm. um, to, to to have for that core. So that's good. And we'll, so I think this will be the first real like can he do both type of thing? Cause right now he's just a running, he's just a running back that throws the ball um, to give you, to give you a little more statistics for this, of what Casey and I are talking about here. So since Lamar Jackson entered the league, he has thrown the ball. He has 947 attempts. Here are the other quarterbacks that were in that draft. Baker Mayfield has 1,506. Josh Allen has 1,353, and Sam Darnold, who's missed essentially a full season with Mono and last year going in and out of the lineup and all that nonsense, has 1,219 attempts to Lamar Jackson's 947. Yeah, and he likes to resort to his legs, and there's a good reason it's why. It's so that. low. Because he's, he, he's, the defenses know what's coming, and they still have not been able to figure it out. Um, you know, he's still so quick that it leads to issues, um, when he does pass it. Right. Um, even if he's not the best passer, um, his legs are so good. I mean, and even regardless, it's, it's a, the, the passing game is a threat enough to where they have to, you know, still watch it and he'll pull off a 40 to 50 yard run. And, you know, but your second point there, right, is that, you know, are are they able to take down the better teams that are in the playoffs? And I don't know the record against um, playoff teams. I think that would be a good stat to have if I was the one writing this question. Sure. But well, some of those one in 11, two of them, two of them are playoff games in which they were trailing at halftime that bounced them out of the playoffs. Sure. In the last two years. So right. So if you think about it, logis- uh, you know, logically, you're more likely to be trailing um, against playoff teams or better teams. So right, it, and it's harder for you to come back or stay with them, if you would. Um, right. So I think the really the key is is getting a lead, um, and because if you're if you're playing, 
from behind early, then it's going to be tougher for them because they mm-hmm. can't pass the ball. However, I do think that they improved on that side of the, the ball in free agency this year. So I think I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see. I think this is kind of the year. Will he take that step in the passing game? And, uh, you know, who's our offensive coordinator that is terrible? <laughs> uh, Greg Roman. Yes. Um, you know, with him there, it could hold him back still. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the issues with him um, offline, but it's still a matter of I'm hoping that with these guys in there, Lamar can develop a better passing game to where he can complement his incredible running game and, yep. you know, hopefully um, hopefully be better uh, than how, he, how he's been. But um, it's it's... It's tough. I mean, I, I still think that um, their defense is going to be middle of the pack. It's not. It's not significantly improved. So we'll see. Um, but Lamar wasn't exactly his. And you know, he won MVP. I think two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't his MVP caliber season. Sure. Uh, so we'll see if he can bring that back too. Yeah, so again, a little more context. Five players ranked higher than their first wide receiver, Marquise Brown, who ranked 43rd. Includes two running backs, two tight ends, and a fullback. All ranked higher than their top pass catcher. Lamar Jackson was 16th in uh, quarterbacks with a 74.9 passing grade, which was the fourth lowest out of the 2020 top 20. And I definitely agree with you. It's going to be interesting because um, I believe that their GM was a, a fake pretended to to be offended when people were asking them about how many wide receivers that they were going to draft. And then they pretty much completely revamped their wide receiver room with Watkins, Bateman and Wallace uh, to go along with Marquise Brown, uh, Tylen Wallace and Rashad Bateman are, I mean, Sammy Watkins too. That's the three guys who are kind of fit the mold of more of a deep threat guy. So it'll be interesting to see if what they try to do is uh, add a little play action into their offense and see if they can't get one of these three guys to to pop as a guy who can be a downfield threat for them in a way that Marquise Brown hasn't been and has been more of a, of their sure-handed possession guy. Yeah, um, Watkins kind of had a down year last year, but you know mm-hmm. he had um, <clears throat> issues before last year. He was consistently in the top 50 um, mm. for the previous um, – well, he was between 40 and 50 the previous four years, and then he was seventh in 2015. I don't know. Mm. Some crazy stuff happened then. Um, like you were saying, he lined up in the slot 234 times and out wide 312 times. Um, so he, he can kind of do both. Um, I I, uh, I am interested. I mean, I think they have – a much, again, like I said, I think they have the best wide receiving core, you know, just based on our – knowledge of these wide receivers coming out of college mm. um than they had but i mean it's better than freaking brown and boykin and whoever else they've thrown out yeah the i do so. i do think that the ravens are one of the best teams in the league at drafting so it's it's interesting to see that they they spent so heavily on on the wide receiver core and if if it works out on uh, this team should be take it to another height where maybe they can start coming back from teams even when they're trailing at halftime. All right, Casey, moving on. You have the Cleveland Browns. 
I do. <clears throat> um, so, Cleveland Browns, they added Jadavion Clowney. They drafted Greg Newsom and Jeremiah Usakoramoa in the second. Uh, they lost Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson. Um, I'm actually going to add a couple of key additions because I'm going to talk about them. Um, sure. They added John Johnson. I thought you really liked John Johnson. I, I mean, I was interested in him being a Jag, but that's mostly because if we just didn't have anybody in that position. Okay. He's okay. Well, um, I think he's a top 15 safety in the league. Uh, so I think that's a key addition. And that was one of their huge weaknesses in um, on their defense mm-hmm. last year was their defensive back room, especially their safety. So it's, it's a big add for their weaknesses, um, for the weakness that they had. Mm-hmm. On that same note, uh, they added um, Anthony Walker, who is a linebacker that was kind of in the shadows of Darius Leonard with the Colts. Uh, you can expect him to take a bigger role with the Browns. Um, and, you know, he he is a good add as well. Um, so I do think that those guys with the th- three that I mentioned um, <clears throat> that you already had listed, I think, I mean, th- I, I think they were one of the teams where in terms of most improved, uh, we would have, you know, kind of as our finalists in terms of, what they did this year in free agency and drafting. It's a good, it's, they were right there with the chiefs, you know, and it's, it, they were only, they're only a couple pieces away. And I think they added those pieces. So I do think that they can be right back up there again. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Odell is healthy the whole year, I mean, that's another ad, right? That yeah. they can, um, in addition by, it is a pretty big that, if though. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been great um, this past couple of years. Injuries have been an issue. Um, but, you know, all it takes is one year uh, to win a Super Bowl. So I, I do think that if he has a whole healthy year, it's another addition. Um, so we'll see. A little more context to what you're saying. Their offense was fourth and their defense was tied for 16th. And every addition that we mentioned was a defensive addition. So they sold out for the weaker te- weaker side of the ball with their additions and didn't lose anybody on the offense. Right. And on the on the Clowney edition, um it's going to be great to see him line up on the other end of Miles Garrett. Um it might free up Garrett more and mm. you know it, it I think it's it, it's going to be a good defense. I think that that defense definitely has the possibility to be a top 10 defense. And so we'll see um and Newsom, Newsom, of course, kind of he, you know, he's a good first round selection. I think he's a cornerback yeah. that definitely was one of the top few, top five uh, cornerbacks that were available. True um, outside guy. So again, another position that needed help, and they got it. So we we will see uh, what happens there. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you the question, which is: it. Is the ceiling the Super Bowl for this team? I had to look at my notes to see if what the question was that I wrote down. The Super Bowl, I mean, so it's kind of back to the question we were just having with the Ravens, and the reason why I kind of feel like the Ravens are doomed for failure is because of if that is the way that they're built to be in a lead, that 
they'll be basically like the new Peyton Manning Colts to the Tom Brady Patriots with the with the Chiefs and have a very hard time being able to get over the top of the Chiefs ever because the Chiefs are just so potent on offense that they're going to score in their first two drives and then what are the Ravens going to do? Uh, conversely, I think the the Browns have a better shot against a team like the Chiefs, the way that they're built. They can, they can keep it close with their defense. I think their defense is markedly approved. I think they'll probably be a top 10 unit like we were talking about. Uh, and their offense is... Obviously, they were in the top five last year. So I think that they're better suited to play against the Chiefs. But I would, I mean, I still just, I still see Patrick Mahomes. I see that Chiefs team. And I just don't see an AFC North team being able to beat them. So I would say uh, on... On any given Sunday, I guess they have the opportunity to beat the Chiefs, but I would say probably their ceiling is probably the AFC Championship. I just don't yeah. know if Baker can outduel Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but, um, I, you know, and the Chiefs made some offensive line additions. We're going to get to them, mm-hmm. I assume, in our next pod. That will be our division that we cover. And, um, but, I mean, they're going to provide a tough matchup. I think that defense is sure. going to improve substantially. Um, and I do think that it is possible that the Browns can beat the chiefs. And yeah. if that, if that's the case, then they can make the super bowl because yeah, you know, sure. I'd give them, I'd give them a chance to beat the chiefs, but I wouldn't like, if I'm Vegas, I'm not going to make them the favorite to beat the chiefs. No, 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 no. Right. I, I do. Th- I still think the bills are better. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Browns more than the Ravens. Um, I think you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like the Browns more than the Titans. I don't know your thoughts mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, I mean, that I would probably, like if I had my dream divisional round, it would be Bills versus Chiefs and Browns versus Titans because I think that would be two incredible, incredible games. As two as two guys who are more AFC guys, like that would be, I think you it, the two teams that came out of that would be truly deserving of whoever would end up into the Super Bowl uh, in the following game. But those are that would probably be the two matchups where I think the Bills and the Chiefs are probably the the tippy top of the AFC, and then the Titans and the Browns are the next tier. That's how I would do it. Okay, yeah. So you know, regardless of what we're saying, they're they're either third or fourth. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think that, again, I don't have them as a favorite, but I, again, we're talking ceiling. So I do think that their ceiling mm-hmm. is that they, they make it um, to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a ceiling. I just don't see how realistic it would be because, as we're saying, they'd have, they have to get through either the Bills or the Chiefs or both teams to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, well, or the Bills might forfeit because of Cole Beasley uh, causing sure. a COVID outbreak. Mm. So, you know, it could be... It's a, his it choice, be, man. It could be an easy walk to the Super Bowl. Listen, you don't take drugs if your leg's not broken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, and just really going back to what I was saying before on their additions there... Um, with Newsom and uh, I'm gonna call him JOK. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah Usa, Koromoa. I don't know how Awusa. JOK is great. JOK. Uusu yeah. Koromo. We're going to call him JOK from now on. If you ever hear us say JOK, we're talking <laughs> yeah. about the Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah Uusu Koromoa. We will be from here on out calling him JOK. So again, if if his health issues aren't um, a factor, mm-hmm. um, because they come out that he had that heart issue, um, he could, I mean, he could be a great value for where they end up sure. getting him. Um, he's a guy that, that, can play linebacker, but could also play safety. Uh, you know, he Rush is very passer. Yeah, I mean, he's very versatile. He could be mm-hmm. he could be anywhere on the field. That's a great add, along with Greg Newsom. Now their cornerbacks are Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom, and that's uh, that's a good three to have. Yeah. Um, Josh uh, John Johnson, you know, I, I do think is one of the better safeties mm-hmm. um, in the league, and it's definitely an improvement over um, Andrew Sandejo, who they had last year. Uh, so I, I do think that it's going to be, I think they improved from last year. I think they took the Chiefs. I know Henny was in there, but they took the Chiefs, um, you know, to the wire in that in yep. that divisional round game. So uh, it's possible. It's possible sure. that they, they make the run to Super Bowl. Yeah, and they're probably the team that, has built as you were talking about with their corners they're probably the team that's built the best to be able to handle the chiefs uh in a matchup okay. anything else on that one casey no i think that's that's it i'm on the browns all right we're down here to the cellar of the afc north the cincinnati Bengals. Their 2020 ranks are overall six, 26th i almost said 16th that's very wrong 26th <laughs> offense 27th Defense 23rd, special teams 7th. Their key additions was Jamar Chase in the first round, Quentin Spain, Riley Reef, Jackson Carmen, who is a guard slash tackle in the second round, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, Joseph Osai, Chidobe Owuzie, and then to their key subtractions, AJ Green, Carlos Dunlap, Gino Atkins. Casey, my question for you. If the Bengals finish below 500, are we, me in the football world at large, not just you because you hate him, finally past the point of making excuses for Zach Taylor and that this will be his final year as head coach of the Bengals? Do I hate Zach Taylor? Yes, you hate him. You have never understood why he's still their coach. And everybody's like, well, he's had a pretty god-awful team. Give him a shot. Give him, give him a chance. And you say he's very boring. As a coach. Okay. okay. I don't remember ever saying that, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how many years has he been there? I really have to think about Zach Taylor. I don't, I, I guess I have. I think really... this is, this is generally your point is that he's pretty boring and pretty yeah. milk toast. Yeah. I guess, Um, I guess if he's not. Three years. He was there the year before Burrow. So this would be yeah. his third season. So that's tough. I mean, if he has a full mm-hmm. year of Burrow. Uh, maybe, you know, I, 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 I could say maybe this should be his last year. Um, but he's got to have that at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's had two terrible years, but one of those was the first season, his first season where he came onto his shitty team. And the, the next year he lost Burrow, you know, um, I don't know, 10 games into the season. Um, so I think, now another year, they add a few more guys. Burrow's back, hopefully. 
I think he's okay, right? Is he good to play week one? They um, they they have said that they are not going to play him in the preseason because that's too much of a risk. Uh, that's well, but that's really the only that. thing that we've heard so far. But injured in week eleven, um, with a torn ACL, MCL. Oh, um, I I know why I don't like fucking Taylor. Um, he was the because uh, he's one of those guys who sh- shook hands with Sean McVay at some point in time in his career. No, 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 no. He was basically the quarterbacks coach for the um, for Tannehill uh, oh. with the Dolphins. And so I thought he did a shit job. Mm. Um, and I, I, I really hated the way we handled um, Tannehill. I don't think we developed him well at all. We didn't mm. give him the keys to anything. It was kind of like you can't, you go to the line, you're calling the play that we already told you to call type of thing. Sure. Um, and so it was, it was tough to watch us fumble that. And now he's doing much, much better um, with Tennessee. And so I blame um, Taylor because he was a more consistent guy throughout those years with him. Um, you know, head coaches kind of mm. came and went during that time period, but Taylor was kind of there the entire time. Sure. Um, and so that is why I didn't like him. Um, and I forgot about that. <laughs> um but anyway, yeah, he should be fired. He should have been fired yesterday because he's going to fuck up Joe Burrow's career. That, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a quick answer. <laughs> I do, I do like their additions. I do think that they did a good job getting some guys in on defense. A uh, Trey Hendrickson was a 28th edge defender. Um, keeping Jesse Bates, he's the first overall safety according to PFF. Um, Chidobe Awuzie is um, an okay cornerback in a room that didn't have uh, an even okay cornerback. They brought in Riley Reef um, and Jackson Carmen is kind of a question mark. That's an interesting guy. We'll see what happens with him. And then they brought in Jamar Chase, obviously, as a first-round pick, and this was a conversation that we were having in the um, preseason and pre-draft where we were pretty adamant that they should take Penny Sewell and I just, I am, I'm personally scared for Joe Burrow. I don't, I still think that that was the bad, bad decision. I, Jamar Chase is, is a fantastic player. He's, I love Jamar Chase. He was my number one wide receiver coming out of that draft, but it doesn't matter if you have a wide receiver, if your quarterback doesn't have time and he gets murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, so not 100% on Zach Taylor. He's obviously not. He, I mean, not obviously for you out there. He is not making those draft picks. He's he's not he's not a coach who's also the the general manager making those draft picks. But it's going the the onus of what's going to happen is going to fall upon his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess so. You know, really, I just go back to um, his experience before and developing quarterback. Um, so we'll see there. I mean, I guess I probably did not watch the Bengals enough to know really, yeah. or, or bet on the Bengals enough to know really. Sure. If I, I feel like that's the easiest way for me to judge a coach um, in terms of their game management and things like that is if I'm betting money on them. Um, so, you know, that, that I think that's, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not, I, mm-hmm. I don't be betting a lot on the Bengals this year, but um, we'll see. I, I, 
would say though that he probably should, you know, leave. Would he be would he be in your list of top coaching candidates to to be gone by Black Monday before uh, Black Monday? Or would you give him the whole season? I I would I, again it, because of the his first two years there and how weird they've been mm. in terms of first year with a shitty team and second year with a rookie quarterback that got sure. injured. I do think that you kind of have to give him the full year. Um, but if they're real bad, you know, I, I could, I could, I could see them mm-hmm. cutting him at the end of the year. Sure. Um, but I, I do think they, I do think they give him the full year. I don't, I, I would okay. be surprised. I would be very surprised if they cut him um, or fired him mid season. All right. Um, so let's get into uh, our bet section. Um, Casey? The wheel, buddy. So odds for winning the AFC North. Browns are at plus 150. Ravens are at plus 115. Steelers are at plus 400. And the Bengals are at plus 2200. Um, <clears throat> I, for my division winner, am going to pick the same division winner that you chose. And that would be the Browns, like we had mentioned before. I do think out of the three top teams, um, the Browns have made the most improvements and are just generally the better team of those three teams. Um, And so that is why I chose the Browns as the division winner for the odds of the AFC North, plus 150. Um, So my division winner is Browns at plus 150. So we've already talked about. I think they're the best team in the division. It's a pretty easy bet for me. I do believe that they're all in the positive, right, Casey? Yeah, if you were here when I read them, um, like everyone else was, except for you, they <laughs> I had were the P, man. Browns at plus 150, yeah. Ravens at plus 115, Dealers at plus 400, and Bengals at plus 2200. Yeah, so you're making money no matter what. Uh, I think the Browns are, are, are the odds-on favorite for me to win this division. To be clear to everyone else, you'd be making money no matter what the number was, even if it was negative. It's just well, the, yeah, I, yeah, sure. I mean, making more money, basically, making more money, be, right? Then you put in. So instead of just doing, you know, ten dollars to win and ten dollars or whatever, you could put in ten dollars and in this case win fifteen dollars. Right. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> I still don't know how to. I still don't know how to bet, Casey. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your special bet? My special bet. Miles Garrett, most sacks at plus seven hundred and fifty. I, I believe he would. Before you even told me about it, I was like, I got my two bets. Back to uh-huh. one of your two bets, and you friggin' listed both of them, same exact as mine. I was like, all right, I'll change my second one. But go ahead. Uh, Miles Garrett, great edge rusher. As we talked about earlier, with Devin Clowney being on the opposite side this year, probably gives him a little bit more uh, chance to to sack quarterback. They've made other significant improvements to their defense. If their offense continues to play as, as as good as they have been, they'll have leads, which generally means other teams have to pass the ball more, which gives your defensive line more opportunities to sack the quarterback. And Miles Garrett, I believe, is second on that list um, for most sacks. Has the sec- has the second best mo- most likely odds. Yes, yes, Donald was first. Aaron Donald was first, which is kind of wild to me. Uh, obviously, we both love Aaron Donald, but he's an interior guy and generally 
uh, an edge an edge guy is going to be the guy who ends up with the most sacks on the season. See TJ Watt last year. Yeah, um, Donald. I think Donald had the lead in the league once or maybe twice before. So it's kind of surprising mm-hmm. that he's the favorite. Um, he did have one year where he had like 18 sacks or something ridiculous. Yeah, so, insane. you know, it's not like, it's not like it's impossible for him to do it, but sure. I think people kind of know, let's just triple team him. <laughs> right. So, so let's, you know, double team him, have the running back look out for him type of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I do like Garrett, uh, as well, which is why I was going to choose him. Plus he's right. been very consistent. Um, last three seasons, 13 and a half sacks, 10 sacks, 12 sacks. I mean, he is good. And I think this is his best pairing of an edge rusher with Clowney. Um, he really never had a standout guy. We don't defense. call uh and Clowney an edge rusher on this podcast. We call him a defensive lineman. Today being Clowney, he doesn't uh get enough sacks to be considered yeah, well, an edge rusher. The past two years he didn't get a lot of sacks. Um the years with JJ Watt, he did get like ten sacks or whatever. Um so not in a season. I don't overall. yeah, I don't believe he's ever had double digit sacks in a season. No, 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 no. He got ten sacks over like three seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter. Proceed. It's a matter of you're you know you're 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 putting defenders on him type of thing. sure yeah um he's an athletic guy who's on their defensive line who will free up some stuff for miles garrett correct and their coverage will be better so there'll be more time to get to the quarterback so mm-hmm. i think that th- those things kind of lead to me as well thinking that's that's a good bet however the bet that i am going to go with which i've led to previously um, as we always do, we've always talked about it, which is Steelers under eight and a half wins mm-hmm. at minus 150. And I kind of went into this before. I think they are going to be um, not great. I think they have a tough schedule. Uh, I think they're going to significantly regress from the record they had last year. I think their defense is going to be worse. Um, I think it's going to drop out of the top five. I do think that their offense it's going to stay the same um, roughly. And ultimately their schedule is going to be harder because they, they finished first again, they have tough draw otherwise. And so I see seven or eight wins. Like I've said before, I, I look at that under eight and a half and I think the Ravens and Browns are just better. So under eight and a half minus one fifty. That's a pretty perfect line though. Huh? Eight and a half for the Steelers. Uh, I mean, I know that you're saying that you feel like that, they're definitely going to get below eight, but they're obviously a team that's never been below 500. Obviously, this is a different season with the extra game, so you're not going to necessarily have the ability to go 500 unless you get that sweet, sweet eight, eight, and one, yes. which is definitely the most 500 record I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so you're either going to have a winning record or you're going to have a losing record. And putting it at eight and a half is probably a pretty good spot, I would say, for the Steelers. Yeah, I just it's really a matter of I don't see them winning nine games. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's a lot. Yes, they play the Bengals twice. Mm-hmm. They play the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 play Broncos. Yeah, but I, I I could Broncos have a good pass rush, but what it, what are the Broncos and Maybe this will be the question for next week. What the hell are the Broncos going to do on offense? Uh, Nothing. Wait one more year and hope Aaron Rodgers yeah. is available. It doesn't again. matter. It doesn't. It's not going to matter how good their defense is. They're basically like 
the the Broncos, we should not be talking about this right now, but we're going to. The Broncos are basically the Steelers with a quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing. Um he's he has I mean, he's got a strong arm, but other than that, like he's not very good. Yeah, I mean we'll I, talk about it next week. We don't yeah, need to talk about we don't, it. Right we don't, now. We don't, we don't, we don't. <laughs> Go ahead. We can, you finish this close us out. We're, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, AFC North, obviously, uh, one of the divisions that's going to have some top contenders in the league. So that brings us to the conclusion of the AFC North roster reset. We will be back uh, in two weeks. I'm not, I'm no longer looking. Uh, we'll be back. August 13th. Uh, continuing our roster reset series with a look at the AFC West. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so fi- kind. You can also find us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on Twitter. Thanks for joining us and talk to you all in two weeks on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Mm-hmm.